pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode continues our Women of Influence podcast mini-series and features an interview with the Chief Marketing Officer of Princeton Mortgage and 2021 Housing Wire Marketing Leader, Courtney Graham. Graham discusses how she's used her marketing skills to grow Princeton Mortgage and what she thinks it will take to get more women in the industry. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Finance of America Companies provides lending solutions for every phase of life. With the proven ability to innovate towards evolving needs and an unwavering focus on the customer first, last, and always, Finance of America Companies empowers borrowers with a diverse suite of services in traditional and reverse mortgages, commercial real estate loans, home improvement, and more. Visit www.financeofamerica.com to learn how Finance of America is pushing dreams forward and find opportunities to join their incredible team. That's financeofamerica.com. Finance of America Companies is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Brenna Nath, HW Plus Managing Editor here at Housing Wire. We're continuing our Women of Influence podcast miniseries here on Housing Wire Daily, where we spotlight our women leaders over the years and our honorees and catch up on what they've been up to. Throughout this series, we've known that there's been a lot of exciting things going on in the industry. So I'm excited to have Courtney Graham with me today. She's the Chief Marketing Officer over at Princeton Mortgage. So first off, Courtney, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Brenna. I'm excited to chat with you today. I probably am a lot more excited than you. You and I were chatting (laughs) a little bit before this episode. There's a lot to go over. There's a lot to go through and you have a lot of wisdom. But one thing that I wanted to know, while this is the Woman of Influence podcast miniseries, Courtney is a little bit of a unicorn here at Housing Wire, and she was also recently named a 2021 Housing Wire marketing leader. Um, she is, as I said, the CMO over at Princeton Mortgage. So I'm just going to read a little bit of her kind of write-up for the Marketing Leader Award, and then I'll let you touch on just everything else. I know there's so much more that you've been up to that doesn't fit into this award profile, but kind of talks about how you're the driving force behind the creation of Princeton Mortgage's marketing machine that has been a large driver for increased revenue and production for the mortgage bank. In recent months at the time, she has stepped into a larger role of CMO where she focuses on scaling the company culture to support its explosive national market expansion. And as you and I chatted before, last year was a busy year. So I wanted to just kick it off by asking that first question. Can you talk some about your current role now as CMO and kind of what you've been up to? Sure. Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting question in terms of what is the role of a CMO. And I'm sure, you know, it it varies a little bit company to company. But when I think back a lot around where I spend my time and the things that I'm I'm focusing on, um, we talk so much here from a leadership standpoint about the most important thing that we can do as leaders is to make sure that we have the right people on the bus and the right people on the right seats. So much of what um, I'm spending my time on right now is make sure from a recruiting standpoint that we're building a um, team that can go out and continue to grow and sustain that growth as much as we've had Um, from a, so I spend a lot of my time focused about making sure I have the right people on the team and building out the team structure that can support the the growth and the goals that we want to hit. From a more like specific strategic standpoint, where do I spend a lot of my time? Um, 
Princeton Mortgage, you know, we have a, a big, hairy, audacious goal of funding 50,000 loans per year by 2028. We set this goal back in 2018. So we're, you know, a couple of years into it. And that's what I spend my time a lot about focusing on and thinking about. The number one driver for us reaching that goal right now is all about recruiting and recruiting um, retail loan originators. So from a you know, making sure that I'm spending my time thinking about and focusing on things that are going to help us achieve that goal. I spend a lot of time thinking about, um, from a marketing standpoint, how are we attracting, you know, top producing loan originators to, to join Princeton Mortgage? Um, another thing that I think is, is kind of um, interesting in terms of where I spend my time, from a technology standpoint, there are so so much that I think marketing is um, doing to to help enable our sales team and drive again drive recruiting efforts drive whether that be retail wholesale and so much of that is um, interlocked with tech so we do a lot in terms of you know where do I spend my time recruiting and, and technology right now and and you know building out the best teams uh, that I can uh, within in in marketing and across the company too. And your profile talked about, and even just in our conversation here, kind of that explosive growth. 2020 was a very unique year for the mortgage industry, and you've really helped a lot when it comes to that growth. And I think even we could go before 2020 when it came to you setting the foundation for that growth, which is so important. So can you share like what has been the key to success or some of the key things when it comes to creating and fueling that growth? Yeah, sure. I think um, I love talking about growth. Um, it's something that I think is one of the reasons why, I mean, I love working at Princeton Mortgage for so many reasons. Um, number one is the people that I get to work with. It's, you know, I love working with them and it's been, um, I've learned so much from them too. Um, but I, I love growth and building. And so I love being at a company that is so hyper-focused on growth and building the systems and the structures and the people that we need to accomplish that growth. Um, And when we think about growth, we really think about it in, um, there are three specific things that that we're really looking for. Number one is leadership density. So as I mentioned earlier, we have to have the right people in the right seats in order to help us grow. So it's a huge focus for us across the organization, not only in marketing, but in um, every single department, we're constantly looking at, do we have the right people in the right seats in order for us to reach the goal that we have right in front of us, you know, whether that be a quarterly, annual, or be had, you know, by 2028. Second is the number one thing for, for growth for us is making sure that we have a scalable infrastructure. So, you know, you reference back to 2020, you have to be able to scale fast. You know, the mortgage industry is full of ups and downs. So you have to be able to respond and make sure that you're reacting to that, whether that be on the sales ops, you know, marketing side of it as well. And then the number third thing for growth is making sure that you have a really powerful sales and marketing machine. So for us, it's really leadership density, scalable infrastructure and and, um, sales and marketing machine. I've spent a lot of time, you know, on that third one on the sales and marketing machine. One of the things that was really interesting about Princeton was 
as I mentioned, we really created our Big Hairy Audacious goal in 2018. And that was a really foundational year for us where, okay, we knew that we had this, this big goal that we want to accomplish. And when we set it in 2018, it was actually, that would, that would um, enable us to be a top 10 lender in 10 years. And, you know, if you look at the numbers right now, 50,000 funded loans wouldn't necessarily get you there, but it would get you pretty close. Um, and so 2018, we spent a lot of time figuring out, okay, we need to have something that is attractive for loan officers. What's going to be our unique value proposition. And so we spent a lot of time creating, you know, our, um, value proposition as the effortless mortgage thinking through our brand promise, which is the Princeton promise, you know, a borrower can get a thousand dollars back at closing if they're unhappy with our service, you know, no strings attached. It's up to them to decide if they had an effortless mortgage or not. Um, and then we also spent a ton of time building out a sales and marketing machine. It's, you know, our sales philosophy and it's the marketing tactics that we do on behalf of loan originators to help them grow and increase um, their referral partner network. And um, it's been really successful for us. It was great to be able to kind of have, you know, it was an investment. We took time and money to build this machine. But, you know, now when we have LOs that are following the system, they're able to double their purchase volume in eight months from following the sales and marketing machine. And it's been a, a, um, a huge benefit and very impactful for, you know, the growth that we've had over the past three years. Yeah. And I know, you know, the broker channel is only kind of one, one fast that you do, but it is sure. an area that we've been talking about a lot lately that's been growing tremendously and wanted to kind of narrow in on just that niche, but feel free to talk outside of that. Cause I know there's so much more outside. Um, can you share a little bit or not even just a little bit, but just your thoughts on what, what does that channel look like going forward? We just had all this explosive growth. We're moving into the year 2022. If we can believe it. So what does the broker channel or what does that growth or the shift in the market look like in 2022? Yeah, it's an interesting question and one that I think, you know, we think about a lot. Um, the broker channel has seen explosive growth, you know, over over the past year. And I think for, you know, some some warranted reasons, um, I think the thing, the looming thought, whether it's, you know, retail and wholesale, but I think it's going to impact the, the broker community a lot too, is this, this margin compression. And really what's going to happen with margin compression across the board. And so I think when I, when I think about the um, broker channel, the wholesale channel for 2022, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how everyone is going to be able to navigate that. And I think it, there's going to be some really good things that come out of that and some really hard things that come out of that too. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where it's, where it's going to go and, and how um, everyone is going to navigate it for sure. And part of obviously the backbone, which has been a theme for this conversation is the, the marketing half of it. A key part of growth is that marketing machine as an expert and all things marketing, you have a front row seat into the trends and what's happening. Can you kind of touch on some of the marketing trends that you're closely following? And I'm sure there's maybe themes in there that go beyond this industry, some themes that stick in this industry, but as an expert would love to hear your thoughts on the, those themes that you were, that you were kind of keeping a close eye on. Sure. Yeah. It's a um, great question. And it's really fun to think about and kind of dive into it. 
Um, when I really think about, okay, what is marketing and what should we be focused on? And a lot of that is, is staying up on trends. I think it's really important for us to break marketing down into, I always look at it in three different buckets. So number one, you have your, your brand awareness. Um, number two, you have lead generation and number three, you have sales enablement. So kind of within those three buckets, I think you're, you're able to um, categorize and summarize a lot of, of marketing behaviors and activities. So try to think about it kind of in, in those, those three things. I think from a trend standpoint, um, something that I'm continually, continually thinking more and more about is the ability for us to um, attract people. And I think that so many trends, whether that be um, social media or flow systems, you know, whatever that is, the ability to attract people um, to whatever you're selling, you know, even thinking about outside of the industry, social media, it, it's, it's really interesting, you know, and just in terms of how it keeps growing and changing and it's a lot to keep up with. Um, and really figuring out, okay, is who is making sure that we know who our targeting audience is, where they are, is this right for them? Um, I think that's, you know, trying to crack that code is, is really interesting. Um, and then the other thing, like when, as we think about attracting people, and I know that this might not sound very trendy at all, but sometimes it's always like, Marketing keeps evolving and we keep on talking about what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, but I think the more that we think about the basics of marketing, whether that be, you know, brand awareness, lead generation, sales enablement, making sure that we're doing the basics really, really well. Um, I think it's so important as we continue to go into all of these trends, making sure that we're doing the basics really well. I think, I think messaging and content is something that is very underrated in terms of ways in which we um, attract people. I think we, we as, as marketers, can tend to undervalue maybe sometimes what is being said and overvalue um, the, the, the looks of things. So I think for me, as I think about, okay, continuing to jump on trends, are we doing the basics really well? Are we, do we really know our audience? Is this going to resonate with them? Um, I think those are the things as I'm thinking about trends that it's like, okay, I want to make sure we're doing the basics really, really well. So that as we try new things, we're setting ourselves up, um, for the best success with this. That's such great advice too. Like not just chasing the next shiny thing, but really those core building blocks. I think that can apply to so many things outside of marketing, I'm sure as well. That like, do you have your foundation versus always chasing this next thing? Yeah, because you, I, I think about this a lot too. And as I mentioned earlier, I would say one thing that's really helped me in terms of furthering my career is I, I'm a really good systems builder and I can build things and I can figure out how to, um, make things happen. I kind of have more of, of um, a little bit of an engineering mind. So yeah, so it's like, cool, we can figure out, okay, as we're thinking about contact strategies and, you know, having a, what's the best cadence between 
text messages, emails, direct mail, social, social retargeting, all of these things. Great. Well, we can build a machine and a system for this and figure out, okay, what's the, we know right now, if you were to look at um, analytics, we know that text messages have a, a read rate of 80%, whereas email has a read rate or an open rate of 20% still. So it's like, there's a ton of value in figuring out how to do text marketing really well, SMS marketing really well right now. And a lot of of value in figuring out those systems. But what are you going to say? Do you know your audience? What's going to resonate with them? I think, again, going back to the basics, making sure that we know who we are marketing and what's going to resonate with them so that when we do build those machines and jump on, okay, what's the next biggest trend, whether it be SMS or social or TikTok, you know, what do we need to be saying um, to these, to our audience, I think is, you know, at core to who we are as, as marketers. Yeah. That's such good advice. And like, I like how you dug into that, especially because as someone who does value, I open every single text when it is an ad still. That's such a great point. And I always laugh when I am just another statistic that fits into the funnel, but so true. This what kind of, yeah, I sign up for I everything. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Send me all your text messages. <laughs> send me your emails. I want to see what's happening. What are other people doing? Uh, it's Give one of my extra favorite insights. Yeah. I love, I love the research part. And I think especially in the mortgage industry, it's, um, I actually love being in the, in the industry. Um, because I do think from a marketing perspective, there's a ton of opportunity and there are a lot of other industries who are ahead of us. And so it's cool. Let's, let's take a look at what other people out there are doing and learn from them. You know, that's, that's instead of trying to figure it out by trial and error ourselves. Let's take the best of what other people have already figured out and see how can we implement that into, you know, what we're doing ourselves. And speaking of that opportunity, I love that as a transition to the final question that I like to ask on these podcasts, which is, okay, there is so much of a runway here, I think, to make a difference in the mortgage industry. So from your perspective, what would it take to get more women into this industry? That's the heart of the Women of Influence um, Award Program. We're spotlighting women leaders in this space. And I think there's so much to be said about sending that elevator back down for the next generation of women to carry that elevator back up. So for that runway and for the opportunities in the industry, how do we get more women into this space? It's a, yeah, it's a great question. And I think the more that I talk to people inside the space, whether, you know, women or men, um, it's always a funny question in terms of, well, how did, how did you get into mortgage? How did you get here? And it's always a, a very common refrain that I hear is that people just fall into it. They fall into the industry. Um, whether it's someone that they know, or usually it's someone that they know, but there's, there's, um, not a good, like people don't grow up really saying, Oh, I want to go into mortgages. Nope. I'm sure someone did, but not a lot. So people kind of fall into the space. Um, and then I think about it too, from a, um, giving space and opportunities for people to grow and develop in their, their career, I think is, is crucial for all, all companies, um, and to figure out what, what does that, that career path, that development plan look like. And I think about it even just from my own experience, um, how I was able to continue to grow and develop was just 
being surrounded by people who were always encouraging me and could see things in myself, even when I didn't see them in myself. Um, And so I think what's something that's so important for us all as women is to, I know the impact that those voices had on me when I was younger than I am now, really trying to figure it out. I know prior to you hitting record on the podcast, we were talking about kids and families and and work-life balance. It's, it's tough and it's a struggle and no one has it, you know, 100% perfectly figured out. And as, you know, working moms, I feel like there's a lot of times when we feel like we're doing it wrong. And so how can we, as we're supporting and building up, you know, that next generation of women that are coming into the industry and leaders, how can we be those voices of encouragement saying, you know, I see you, I know what you're doing is tough. I think the mortgage industry is a fabulous industry that provides a ton of opportunity for people. How can we continue to be those voices of encouragement um, and support, you know, as people are are young and, and trying to figure it out and see, you know, can I continue to do this no matter what my, my life stages or, you know, career, career plans too. One theme that I've loved, I think throughout this year, it might go beyond it, but is really having the opportunity to create space for conversations. I think this, uh, to your point of just like creating that room, showing people that you kind of see them really goes back to that idea of like, there's room to have these conversations. And I think as more women talk to about it, to your point, or um, share tips and tricks and knowledge really kind of helps grow everyone forward together. So I love that you touched on that. It's very helpful. Yeah. And I think it's um, especially for um, this 100% goes for everyone. um, But I think especially for people in leadership roles, um, it's super important to be really intentional with our time and our words. Um, I think that, again, thinking about something that we potentially under undervalue, I know sometimes I would be thinking, oh, you know, maybe about an interaction that I had with someone or how, you know, well, I think someone is doing at something. And I kind of feel like, oh, they know that they're doing a good job. Well, no, not always. People don't know that they're doing a good job or don't feel that support. So I think it's so so incredibly valuable for us to be really intentional with our, our words, whether, you know, especially in, in words of encouragement for people. And also, I think it's, it's really important for us to be intentional with our words when we are, you know, giving feedback um, to, to one another, whether it's, it's positive or critical, because that critical feedback could be something that is the best thing for that person to hear, that woman to hear, to help her, um, change the trajectory and growth of her career. So I think just as women and leaders, just continuing to be really intentional with our time and with our words um, and how we're really helping to shape that next group of, of women and leaders. 
Well, Courtney, I think you and I could probably talk for hours about the subject. <laughs> I think it's something that you and I are very passionate about. Um, and you brought so much wisdom to this podcast. Appreciate you diving in not only into the, the marketing half of things and the, the growth and the strategies that you're using there as a leader at a mortgage company, but also diving into kind of the woman of influence side of this and how do we how do we grow the next generation of leaders? So thank you so much for all of this insight and the tips that you shared and excited to continue this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much, Brenna. It was, uh, I really enjoyed our time together. On September 27th and 28th at the Omni Hotel in Frisco, Texas, Housing Wire will host its second annual event, which will be in person for the first time. Housing Wire Annual offers each guest the opportunity to gather with top industry professionals for exclusive content, technology demonstrations, and unbeatable networking. Find out more by going to the events tab on the Housing Wire site. You won't want to miss out on this event, so register by September 20th. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.